an autonomous machine that takes care of your crop in season, and a look at some non-ag technology that farmers may find interesting. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director at Farm Progress. In my job here at Farm Progress, I get involved following ag technology and new products. It's something I've uh, done for nearly 25 years, but I'm also the host of the podcast. So from time to time, I turn the tables and let someone interview me about the new things that I've been covering. Mindy Ward, Missouri Ruralist, drew the short straw this time and interviews me about a new robot crop tender. And then we dig into what I thought were some interesting items I found at the Consumer Electronics Show, or CES. Listen in as Mindy does what she does best, the interview. Mindy, uh, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Hey, how are you? I'm good, although these conversations where I turn the tables on myself are always fun. So I think basically what I'm going to do is turn the show over to you today. That will be a good time, had by all, I am sure, um, because it's one of those things that we often, you get to ask us questions but being, you know, in the upper echelon, we don't get to ask you near as many questions. And the fun thing is that you get to see things that we don't. As state editors, you know, we get to press releases like you do, and we get invited to companies to see different types of technology that's going on. But you're kind of the guru of tech for farm progress. So you kind of have that inside track and they reach out to you first. I'm not bitter, but maybe I am a little. Um <laughs> But you had a really cool one um, here at the end of January, and I'll tell you, it was the 360 um, rain. And what I was looking at on that, I read through it, and I'm thinking, this is the greatest quote I've ever heard, and I need you to explain a little bit more. And that is, uh, it was Greg Sauter, and he was talking a little bit about it, and he said, when Tim and Sauter and I started this, we wanted a device that lives in the field from planting to harvest, and we're going to be in control. What is he talking about? So this is really interesting. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Greg, I don't think will be upset when I say this. Greg's a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he really likes to have control. But, you know, you say you can't control the weather, right? Mm-hmm. You, you say you can't do this or that. Greg's not a can't guy. Mm-hmm. Greg Souter, as anybody knows, is a get it done kind of person. And he's not afraid to try things that at first blush are like, what the heck were you thinking? I mean, I mean, he developed a on-the-go refilling system for liquid products in a planter that's not unlike what jet fighters use to refuel in the sky. You just run the gator up to the planter, it, the pump works really fast, and then the gator releases as the tractor keeps going through the field. I mean, those kinds of things are crazy. So he gets into this conversation. He said he and Tim were trying to talk about this, and they were looking at different models, and they knew what they needed was something autonomous. They knew that they needed something that did more than drop just fertilizer on the crop. And they what they really were looking at is a smart irrigation system. And, and he knows that irrigation is a great way to precision delivery of nutrients and crop protection products, fungicides, things like that in the field, right? The problem is most places, uh, many farm fields are not square where a pivot can work. Especially uh, in Missouri. (laughs) Well, in Missouri, Northeast Iowa, central uh, parts of Indiana. I mean, all these places are, are weird fields. The answer was we need to deliver water and we need to deliver products to the field in a precision manner in an eco- economical way. 
So they started looking at this and they came up. This, this is obviously when you first look at it. And if you look at the story and I'll put a link to the story in the in the in the write up here, the product is a hose reel. With a boom attached and the boom has Y drops on it. So essentially it's it's the hose reel is connected to a water source. And it, the machine goes up the row and back down the row. It doesn't move rows and come back like in a that kind of pattern. It'll move over the row the next on the second pass. Each It's a down and back pass and then over, down and back, over, down and back. That's how the pattern is designed. And then while it's in the field, by autonomous design, it will deliver water in a small, lower amount for better seepage into the root zone. The water is only delivered to the root gets rid of evaporation issues and some of that stuff you see with some types of irrigation systems. And then the autonomy says there's a lot of data tracking. I mean, you think about this thing, it's on the ground, it can measure crops and it could say there's a crop health issue and then maybe we need a fungicide or maybe, you know what I mean? There are different right. ways it can deliver things foliar as well as at the root zone. I believe that's where he's headed. Right. So there's a lot of that flexibility, but this idea it stays in the field, he really sees and they're going to be beta testing it this year that you would park this baby into the field after the planter leaves and it goes to work. Right. And so they did the test this already, though, correct? Like in 2020, did they do a couple of different? Yes, they've been uh, working. They've been working with prototype units. Well, if you know Greg's process, he will build something and then go put it in the field and mm. play with it. And that's what they did last year. They had it in the field. That's where the pictures come from, that they had it in the field and they used it and they talked about it and they put it to work. And then this year, they're going to put more units in the field. 2022, they're looking at putting another group of units. He's really looking at a 2023 launch because there's a lot of tech here. You're talking a lot of different delivery systems and autonomy systems and that type of thing. But I think this thing, the idea is it's a crop tender and it just stays in the field and works. And you have to tend it for chemicals and, and fertilizer and maybe other products. But it would be there and it would report back to you when it needed things. So this is an electric Yes. Type of piece of is. equipment. So how do you, how do you, are, is it solar? Is it a, a big huge cord? <laughs> Actually, it is a huge cord. Oh, okay. Because um, there's already a hose attached to it, right? It's a hose mm -hmm. reel. So it's unwinding a hose, and then that's the down pass, and then it winds the hose back up, and that's what happens coming back the other direction. So there will be an electric cord attached to this for power. And the one comment he made in, in the story, and when we talked about it, because it was my first thought, how does this baby work on curves? Mm. And they developed a system that it will track a curve with the hose and not touch the crop on the curve and then come back and pick the hose up the same way. And that was one of the biggest engineering challenges. He and Tim thought that might be simple, and he, he acknowledged that it wasn't. So I thought that was Pretty cool thing. And I think we're going to be looking at um, I have already talked to them and maybe we can work this out. Maybe you can do this, um, but we're going to get some field time with this next this summer if we can. Um, Let's be honest. I'm not work. sure you'll give that part up to us. But it's kind of one of those fun things that it's interesting to always be on the cutting edge and to be the one that's standing in the field to watch it. I know you share. But <laughs> sometimes it's one of those. I would be um, holding that one to myself if I were you. <laughs> well, they might let a couple of us go, and I think it'd be a fun time. But I think the issue is to watch it work and then talk to the engineers more about the details and the things. But I think it was very exciting. We were we got the information uh, in under embargo, and we were able to run it the day after they did their launch, 
with dealers and, and other and their farm groups. Because one thing 360 Yield Center does really well is they do some nice events where they share their product and their new ideas. So it was nice to have it early in the market and let people know what's going on. But then the Twitter questions we're asking about this, and I think that there will be a lot of questions as farmers see it working and see how how it deploys information, gathers information and deploys water and crop protection products. And the impact of it and this new technology for farmers is what they're really after is what is this going to do for me? What is this going to do for yield? What is this going to do for my crop? And in the article that you wrote, it it talked a little bit about that in uh, 2020 and when he did side by side trials on those test strips and how much per bushel gain um, that you had, you know, on those, do you want to share that or do you want me? Well, to he says it? he he says he saw 65 bushel right. per acre jump with this thing, and remember, think about it a minute. Uh, to be honest, I have seen similar reports using micro drip irrigation systems. Mm. In, the if you can deliver the nutrient when the crop needs it reliably and efficiently, you will see a yield increase. So this kind of technology plays a couple of ways. You give the corn the nitrogen or the phosphorus or the potassium or the sulfur or whatever, or the micronutrients it needs when it needs it, not before you plant or as a side dress when the planter's going to field or whatever, right? Or as a, as a starter. And then that's one area that I think could be a difference. The other thing is we start profiling and modeling the crop. We know when we can deliver it. So it's all great to put nitrogen on, but when does it really need it? And right. so this thing can go through the field. It's tall enough to go through the field at right before tassel and drop a load of nitrogen on right before grain fill. And and Greg did tell me, he said this was, and I think I said it in the story, he said this was not my best field <laughs> where we saw this. And, and that's a that's a perfect test, right? How well right. can this do in, a, in crap acres? Let's be clear. You, you don't put it in your best acre, your racehorse acres. If you really want to try something out, put it in some bad areas and see how the thing performs. And he saw a benefit in the trial. And, and we're going to do more trialing. He's going to do more trialing this summer and in 2022, and I think that we'll be interested to see the research and the data on that, too. I think it's very exciting. Again, we're getting down to, and I told somebody the other day, I have written more about the nitrogen timing and the microbiome of the corn and soybean plant in the last five years than I have in the previous 20. Um, we are really getting into the secret life of plants nowadays, and, and we're going to be forced to, and we need to control that conversation. We need to put nitrogen on the corn when it needs it, not when it's com- not when it's convenient. And that'll be some of the challenges we face in the future. And maybe this product is a possibility or maybe there are other tools, but at least we're looking at it in new ways. Right, because it's trying to explain to farmers and, and to farmers to buy into the fact of if I you know, use this technology to put this nitrogen, this is what I'm going to get as a result. That makes it worth my while. That makes it worth the investment for me. That's the return on investment that I'm going to get from this type of new technology. So I think it's pretty interesting because you, you don't want to spread – it all over and you don't need it. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, you're just wasting money out there and just throwing it on out. So I well, think some of the guys you couldn't just, do it any other way before. Right. You know, and Correct. I think that's that's the other part of this. Um, we used to ask questions, but there couldn't be an answer. What if right. I could do this? Well, or why can't I? Or what what if the crop could get the nitrogen at this point, we could see this result. Right. Well, there was no way in the past to do it right? It was very rare. Y-drops made a big deal difference yes. for a lot of people when those came out, when 360 Yield Center brought Y-drops out for big sprayers, that made a huge difference. And other companies that brought their own versions out, that that alone could make a difference in a person's yield. Um, and so, but it, it goes back to, you can ask a lot of questions in agriculture, but how do you get to the answer? 
And so in this one, the answer a lot of the times is to put it into fields. And I know that said that some of the beta testing was going to, you know, that done in 2021 might be in Illinois. Did he give any ideas to where some of the other site states might be and some of those tests might They're be still run? Working that. They're still working okay. out with cooperators. But he wants to get uh, how many years? He wants to get 20 crops under his belt with this. Wow. And so they're running in Florida. Oh. Um, they're running down there. Where was he said they were running down in Florida and the the – Somebody, some strawberry farmer down there said, you're doing this for corn and soybeans? We can really use it here. So obviously there's low-hanging fruit in the world of specialty crops. But Greg is dedicated to serving the corn and soybean market where he grew up and where he's always played in in the marketplace. So it's interesting. Hmm, That's a lot. That's really good. But it shows that he's trying to prove, you know, that it's worth for farmers and, and to get the kinks worked out. But he is a guy that, like you said, he likes things challenging, yet fun. So (laughs) it always brings fun to technology, even though it might be challenging uh, type of uh, decision that he needs to make or a challenge that he's trying to fix in agriculture. He always does it with a little bit of fun. He's a dynamic person to spend time with. Um, Every time I've been chance to chat with him at the Farm Progress Show or Husker Harvest Days, mostly Farm Progress Show, whenever I run into him at a meeting, it's the best 10 minutes you'll ever have just talking about farming. He's a, a wonderful player in our industry. And I think he has a lot of fun. And that's fun, too, to spend time with people having fun. I'm all into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so speaking of fun, we're going to go a little off of agriculture just for a little bit. And we're going to talk what you had went to and before you had been able to go there in person. And this time it was virtual, wasn't it? The Consumer Electronics Show? Yeah, CES, or the former Consumer Electronics Show, was held virtual. They lay claim to being the largest virtual digital show ever held. I'm not going to buy that because we're owned by Informa, and we're starting to do an awful lot of stuff with digital shows ourselves. Mm-hmm. But um, it, was a, it was an opportunity. I really like going there. I started going in 2019. I went 2019 and 2020. Um, partly because John Deere went, that's when they started going. And I got a chance to be a part of that in the beginning and continue that. But for me, uh, the Consumer Electronics Show, CES, is um, a place to catch up on a lot of different things. So I would wander the halls after doing my stuff with Deere and other people that were there that I needed to see and I'd make appointments in advance. I would also just, like anybody going to a show, wander the trade show and see what I could see that was new. And when you go to CES, I will tell you that there are lots of wireless earbuds out there from China. That's cool. But um, the, but there are a lot of other interesting things. So how do you replicate that when you're sitting in your office in Rosemount, Minnesota versus right. the Las Vegas Strip? Um, my wife once asked me <laughs> what to, when I went to the CES the first time, she said, so where in Vegas is it? And I said, all over Vegas. Because it filled the convention center, it filled the sands, it filled the mirage. I mean, it was in all there was there were meetings all over the city. So it was just interesting how that worked. But now all the meetings were virtual. I haven't written this up yet, but there was even a contest called Last Gadget Standing. It's a tradition. I got to take part this year because before I would always miss that event. Somebody would be having a dinner and I'd miss it, but they would compare five or six items. I will be writing this up in the next couple of weeks, but the winner is actually an interactive contact lens that allows you to see stuff on your phone, sort of like you've actually seen maybe in a Marvel movie 
or something like that. There was a lot. I didn't show this in the gallery we we're going to talk about in a minute because I'm still looking at this. But uh, art, uh, augmented in reality and virtual reality are important areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing more uh, electric cars. General Motors uh, unveiled their Ult- Ultium platform. They have developed a standardized platform for electric vehicles. Um, with battery placement where they can do a sports car, they can do a sport utility vehicle, and they even have a truck platform. And they're rolling out the Ultium platform in that new monster truck they're develop- They're bringing out, the 150-mile-an-hour, go 400 miles um, Hummer that's coming out this year. Um, that's based on that new platform. Um, there's a, there is an electric truck company. They weren't at the show this year, uh, but only about 30% of exhibitors attended the virtual show. So CES oh, wow. was a tough CES. But there's a company called Rivian, and they've taken over, I believe, the old um, Mitsubishi plant in in Illinois, normal Illinois, and they're building an electric pickup truck. Hmm. And they're coming to market. They're opening their first showroom in Chicago this summer, I think. I've reached out to them to try and get a test truck to put on somebody's farm to play around right. and said, yes. said the list is See a little how it long. Works. Yes. Does, does it, you know, have that type of a power that it needs to be on a farm? That will be interesting to see, you know, if it actually can make that, you know, transition from, you know, just road travel to hardworking. So that would be my thing. What's the torque and the pull? I mean, otherwise it's just a car with a really nice trunk. Um, <laughs> that's my take right. on pickup trucks sometimes. But um, yeah, and it, it, so that was fun. I think the electric cars, autonomous vehicles still comes up. Um, I'm not, they're going to have to pry my steering wheel out of my cold <laughs> fingers. That's, I'm sorry. I'm not just not ready for that yet. I probably will be right. when the time comes. Um, I did take a little time perusing lots of virtual booths and press kits um, to find some fun stuff that either is Quirky and fun, or maybe as value to farmers. And I pulled up nine things that I did in the gallery. Um, and I can run through them quick or we can talk about them. I guess the fun one that I got, and I actually got a sample of this product, is the Aftershocks OpenCom headset. It's a Bluetooth headset, totally wire-free. It's got a wire on the back. Okay, you wear it over your ears. It doesn't go in your ears. It rests on your cheekbones, as the picture shows. And I'll put the link in the story. And you hear through your cheekbones. There's a, and if somebody booms really loud on the microphone, it buzzes a little sometimes. But really what's nice about that is your ears are open. And I think sometimes if you want to be a farmer and you want to be on the, keep your phone handy, but you don't like having a headset over your ears, this might be an opportunity a guy might look at. They're about 160 bucks. And uh, they Aftershocks Tech, I was talking to our engagement director, Eric Braun, and he's got a set of the ones you wear without the, the open comm that I showed as a boom microphone that comes off the side. Right, I see. But, yeah. But there's a version without the boom microphone. It still has a mic for phone calls, but it's for runners. A lot of runners use them. Um, I don't have a set, but I was looking at them. But this bone induction sound thing is becoming more common. So for a little clarification, it's not up on that high cheekbone in the front. It's like right in front of your ear. Is right, that where right it's sitting? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another product I found is Ambient Weather. It is a uh, they they working more to create your own farm microcast. Um, they, uh, that's like a, a, a community, um, that they use map based display and they have weather stations and you can get really precise information. And I don't think the price is that bad. And I think farmers could check that out. Everybody wants weather information and ambientweather.net is a place to go look at that. That's a pretty good, interesting thing. So the one I found that was interesting is that it's not available yet in this country. It's, it's the Eloclean from Taiwan. Um, it is a product that uses a catalyst approach. 
to turn water into hydrogen peroxide. So that you have sanitation whenever you need it, a disinfectant. Hydrogen peroxide kills viruses. And you don't, if you have this device, you can just turn water in your house, tap water into hydrogen peroxide. And another another side part of hydrogen, uh, superoxide radicals, both of which kill viruses. You think this is something that, you know, some of those larger hog facilities or something of that nature that you could have it as you're walking in, is that kind of, would it work in those or? Yes, it can. They actually okay. have a station, a walkthrough station. They were demonstrating on a video on their site that it, you, you would like in an office building, you would, it's a gentle mist, right? You just walk through and it would kill every virus on your body. I don't know if it would satisfy the shower in, shower out gang and the hog industry, <laughs> right. but then again, as this stuff gets more gets smarter, it might. And I think that was a surprise too, that you could use this catalyst and turn a nano catalyst and turn this into uh, hydrogen peroxide. So I think that's, you know, how hard was it to find anything that would sanitize anything for a while? So right, right. There's a lot of attention to that in the show this year. Health products, wearables, uh, watches. I've had an Apple watch for two years. I love it. Wearable tech is becoming more valuable. And I, I, I think that we're going to see more of that. And then there was a lot of health, health stuff, air purifiers, that kind of stuff. The pandemic is a new market opportunity for a lot of people. I came across a battery-free sensor. They're getting, they call this energy harvesting. You know, you and I used to call it solar power. Right. It's energy harvesting. Hmm. <laughs> so internet of things is going to be a bigger deal. And But the devices, if they have batteries, they've only got a five-year life. So this company out of France, uh, E-P-E-A-S, E-P's, sorry, and Sequence, um, came up with a, a more... Uh, efficient way to capture solar power for IoT sensor devices. And I just think it's just interesting that this is getting better. I'm not a big, I, I think uh, field sensors, soil moisture sensors, things like that are great. But if the, if the last longer than five years or three years or whatever the battery life is, I think farmers are like that. Because I'm pretty sure a five-year promised battery life is a three-year effective life, but we'll see. Right, uh, right. Oh, it could works. be an add-on for them. So that'd be great. Yeah. I. So the one thing that I show, and it's really hard to show in a picture, and our galleries don't allow us to put video, um, is a phone from, from TCL. Actually, I have one of their televisions, two of their televisions, but TCL makes a rolling LCD screen. <laughs> so your phone could be shorter, and then you push a button on the phone, and the screen just gets bigger, and then you have a bigger screen. But they also had a scroll. It was like a 17-inch wide scroll that would roll up. What we're getting to is foldable LEDs, and LCD screens, and that makes, so you, <laughs> you your smartphone can be a tablet. Um, that's kind of what the plan is, to give you a device that's more versatile in a single device. I'm not sure where it's all going to go. The idea that you open up a, a device like a book, um, and, and I've seen that. There's a company, out, Royale, Royale from China, has had that at CES for a couple of years. But we're starting to see people play with the rolling LCD. I think it was last year, LG. Um, I believe it was LG had a, a TV set that rolled into a box. So it just for those people who have designed savvy and don't want to want a TV in their living room, you just have a nice mahogany box and you push a button and the screen rises out of the box and you watch TV and then it rolls back in the box. Well, I'm just that glad that it doesn't roll too small because I would probably lose that. So I'm glad that's it just you, gets yeah, that's bigger. That's what I wonder. <laughs> this I feel is like it's small enough. <laughs> well, in this example, it's a 6.7 inch display that extends to almost eight inches. You get a little more screen space like a tablet. So I don't know how valuable that is, but I think uh, another company showed similar tech. Uh, TCL is uh, a big Chinese uh, 
manufacturer. One thing I had a little fun with is Jobber earbuds. I've used Jobber products for a while uh, in a different form. Their earbuds are nice. Now they come in different colors. You know, mm. if you want a little style, go for that. Right. <laughs> I did find a hearing aid device. It's a Bluetooth artificial intelligence denoise technology. Um, farmers could use better hearing aids. And I think this company, Orca out of Asia, is working on their product that is uh, the, the device looks a little bigger behind the ear than some, but they're using artificial intelligence to get rid of background noise. And I think that that's where we're going to see some improvements in these devices. So I'm looking forward to it as I lose my hearing that, because uh, I will, we all do. I'm looking um, forward to I, it because I be already for me. have hearing aids. <laughs> so <laughs> since I already have those, uh, the noise cancellation will be good. I do have the Bluetooth already in mind to where I'm able to listen to the phone, um, that type of thing. But there's not the being able to talk hands-free on it. So that is a plus because now I have to have the phone in front of me. I can hear it in my ears, but I have to talk on the phone in front of me. So that would be kind of cool because I have a tendency of if I'm hearing it in my ears, put my phone down, walk away, and people are like, hello? Hello? <laughs> like, shoot, let me go get my phone. <laughs> yeah, so you this wanna, would be cool. yeah, that would be an issue. It's, like, it's bad it enough. When you, I think the two last two things I had a little fun with are on the cooking side. There is a company, Moly, um, Moly Robotics, and they have a robotic kitchen. You know, in 2019, we had a robotic bread making system. In 2020, we had a robotic pizza maker. And now we have a robotic kitchen. So and there's an old joke, and this goes back a long time ago. When um, farmers would buy a new piece of equipment and they, there was a room remodel that was coming, a new kitchen, right? That'd be the joke. If I got a new tractor, someone's getting a kitchen. <laughs> right. It's not true right. anymore. Things have changed. But then again, if you see this thing, you might be getting a new kitchen. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I, you know, at my cooking level, my husband might be requesting a robot uh, to do the cooking for us. So as long as it comes with meals that he enjoys and they can pre-program and he can push a button. OK, I might be all in on that as the person who cooks. So <laughs> just well, walk in there and order, babe. <laughs> well, it comes with pre 30 pre-programmed dishes and wow. more to be added later every month, I guess. They didn't talk about price and I didn't look. So no, I, uh, I'm pretty I wouldn't sure that's either. A full I don't think that's on my uh, Christmas wish list yet. Maybe it will yep. make it though this year for farmers, but I doubt it. <laughs> so and the and the final right. thing for fun, the final thing for fun was the Panasonic um, home chef uh, countertop multi oven. I thought you know uh, more farmers have offices or break rooms on their farms. Mm -hmm. And they don't have a lot of space and the old microwave microwave was fine. But this bad boy is a uh, it's an air fryer. It'll bake, it'll broil and it'll microwave. So, right. you know, because it looks like a microwave. Lunch, What's yeah, that? it looks exactly like a microwave, like it would just fit in there. And it's pretty impressive that it does because, you know, I have an air fryer and it doesn't look like a microwave. But this one actually looks like just a microwave sitting on the you know, counter and but it does the air frying, which is kind of nice because I'm a big fan of an air fryer. So. We'll talk off, okay. we'll talk offline about air frying, but anyway, that's, that's it's become a big deal <laughs> around is. the country. There, like I said, last gadget standing at some interesting things, very off the wall stuff that's not on the market at all yet, and so that 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 one's coming. But there was the surprise winner with those contact lenses, and I think people will find that interesting. So yeah, last gadget standing was a fun time. On the contact lenses, do you have to have like contacts and uh, you know prescription, or is it something that you're just popping in? even if you don't need it to correct your vision. I believe this would be if you don't need it to correct your vision. Wow. You would be able to interface with your phone, ask hmm. questions, and see the data right in front of you. Wow. You know, I would have to one, get used to touching my eye, so yeah, well, <laughs> I that's might That's my be problem. 
That's why I'm into why I'm into AR glasses. That's my thing. And Vuzix showed some stuff that they're starting to look more and more like glasses. They have a little bigger um, uh, arms because of the batteries. That's the only thing that gets a little crazy because uh, you got to have some battery life on those. But that's coming. One area that's kind of interesting um, is the phrase augmented reality. Uh, we a lot of car technology is now being launched at CES. The North, the North American Auto Show, the old Detroit Auto Show has lost its luster for some of these companies. I mean, I saw the first electric Mustang last year at CES. But anyway, that there's a lot of that tech. But one area that came up was we used to call it heads up display, but now they're augmented reality windshields. If you've never driven a car with a heads up display, we have two. Uh, you so really come I. to rely on it. Um, you don't have to look at the dashboard at all for your speed. If there's somebody in the lane next to you what your cruise control is set at, and they're getting more and more elaborate. I think that's one of the things we'll see in cars and trucks is that your windshield will be the place you look at things. I have joked with a couple of farm equipment manufacturers that a heads-up display on a combine right. would be fantastic. Yes. The problem is durability. <laughs> more than likely, yes. But I agree. It would be one of those, if you could see it, you know, in front of you, and even if there was that ability to do the touch on your on your combine, that would be nice, you know, instead of having all the different monitors there, it all morphed into one, you know, right heads-up display. Wait, maybe I should patent that and stop talking. So no, it's too late. I think somebody else has already patented it. You can't have it, Man. but... But I think it may be coming. Well, I think that, you know, it's just interesting what's going on with technology around our entire lives. You know, in agriculture, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, uh, my job used to be writing about new equipment. Now my job is writing about new equipment, but also writing about software updates for new equipment. Right, right. Because it's that thing that is always present and it's always updating and it's always upgrading. And we rely on it and we just don't realize it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Minnie, it's been great talking to you today. Thanks for turning Minnie. the tables. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, it was edifying for you. But It's always fun to hear what you get to see um, that we don't sometimes until it comes in print. So, um, but it is always exciting to see all the tech that you get to have that first in on and are able to share with our readers as well as farmers and ranchers across the country to bring them that cutting edge technology that they may be able to use on the farm or that they can use in their house because we do both. So um, it's really fun. And I appreciate it that you go out and get these for us because I don't have the time to run and find all of these things. And uh, I'm glad that people trust you to give them their information and technology and share with us. Well, great. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you today. You take care and you stay safe. All right. right, will do. Have a good one. Well, that was fun. And I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank Mindy Ward for stepping in to help with the show today. We've done it before, and I'm guessing this won't be the last time. Thanks, Mindy. You've been listening to Around Farm Progress, our weekly look at agriculture across the United States with editors from the Farm Progress team and experts in our industry. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer, and Feedstuffs, and the new Farm Progress Virtual Experience. If you didn't tune into the premiere of the Farm Progress Virtual Experience, no problem. You can still visit the site to see everything. Just visit HuskerHarvestDays.com for a direct connection to the virtual event. It's worth a look. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening. <music>